welcome back to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I am Dave Matter, the zoo beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com. I am with you solo today. I am in Atlanta, site of the 2022 Southeastern Conference Football Preseason Media Days, and it just got started here on Monday in Atlanta at the Omni Hotel and the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm going to recap what took place on Monday, preview Tuesday a little bit, hopefully come back Tuesday with another podcast, uh, and then Wednesday too. I'll be here through Thursday. Now, Thursday, I don't think I will probably do a podcast because I've got my chat at stltoday.com, and then I've got a flight back home to St. Louis and to Missouri. So Thursday is looking a little swamped. But I want to come to you here from Atlanta. Uh, No Ben Fred tonight. It's just me. And uh, had a few thoughts, a few takeaways. I'm going to take a few questions from social media to, uh, to discuss the first day of, of SEC Media Days. I've been on vacation for a few weeks, but back at it now. The batteries are recharged, ready to go. Football season is going to be here before we know it. Uh, September 1st, Missouri's first game, of course. August 1st will be the first practice from what I've gathered. And uh, we'll have lots of coverage at the Post-Dispatch at stltoday.com. Really excited about our campus correspondent. Callum McAndrew will be joining us. He's going to do an awesome job uh, with me this year. Can't wait for him to get started. Um, But before we get to that, let's get to media days. It's in Atlanta this year. It's usually in Hoover, Alabama, suburb of Birmingham. That is kind of the natural home of this event. It moved to Atlanta every once in a while. I think it was here back in 2018. So it's a little bit of a changeup. I'm, I'm not a big Atlanta guy. I've been here a handful of times for work. Can't say I really know the city or get to see it very well. And I probably won't this week because I'm staying right across the street from the College Football Hall of Fame and will probably not venture away too much. Um, I, need to, I need to catch up with somebody I know from Atlanta to maybe figure out this city. Sean Weatherspoon, how about Spoon? He can uh, give me a tour, I'm sure. But I don't think there's going to be time for that this week because there's lots of media days coverage. Uh, starting today, on Monday, I should say, we, we, we opened the day with Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. And I, th- I thought it was uh, going to be probably his most anticipated opening address that we've heard from the commissioner in a while because of everything that's happened here in the last year and really the last month. June 30th was when the Big Ten announced that it was going to add UCLA and USC. And the thought was, is this going to ignite the next round of realignment? What would the counter move be from the SEC? And if you listen to Sankey on Monday, I don't know if you could really come away with one consensus take because if you split up his answers about expansion and realignment, you could probably come up with whatever takeaway you wanted to find in there. He really left things open. Uh, for one, though, he, he kept repeating, no panic, no urgency. So I don't think the SEC feels compelled to make a move just to make a move because the Big Ten did. If anything, I thought his response today on Monday sounded more like, hey, 
we made the move. We, as in the SEC, made the move last year to add Oklahoma and Texas. The Big Ten was responding to that move by adding the two Los Angeles schools. And here we are at 16, the SEC and the Big Ten kind of staring each other down. The SEC does not feel this urgent need to go out and add anybody else right now. Now, I say that, and by Friday, the SEC could add four more schools. We don't know. But I just think reading between the lines from what Sankey said on Monday, it sounded more like, uh, you know, the SEC is not going to just expand for the sake of expansion. It has to make sense. And, and he was asked if he thought the SEC's additions make more sense than the Big Ten's additions. And he said, yes, he, he does believe that. And I would agree that adding Oklahoma and Texas make more sense for the SEC geographically uh, culturally, historically, whatever you want to say, more than the Big Ten going out halfway across the country and adding a couple schools from Los Angeles. So, you know, the, no real great answers there. Uh, but he did leave things open. Never say never is is kind of the uh, the way you go about conference realignment because you just never know. Now there were some rumblings, just talking to some some people. Uh, connected with the conference and, and with the uh, with the networks that there was going to be some news this week on conference realignment, just not necessarily related to the SEC or the current SEC members. So maybe something with the Big 12, maybe something with the Pac-12. Uh, so stay tuned to that. But some people that would, would you would expect to be in the know, sure, we're talking about that in the media room on Monday. Uh, so that's Greg Sankey. He had, a, he had a lot more to say. He addressed a lot of topics, but I was mostly interested in what he had to say about expansion and realignment. Um, Brian Kelly was up next, brand new coach at Louisiana State University. Um, comes from Notre Dame, of course. He's a, he's a rookie to SEC Media Days. He, he actually hasn't even done a conference media day in a long time since he was at Cincinnati because, of course, Notre Dame is not in a conference um, I, I didn't I didn't catch what he said up at the podium because I was up in the suite with the Missouri coaches and players with, with Eli Drinkwitz and his three players that he brought. So I had to miss out on uh, Brian Kelly's speech to the main room. I did pass him in the hallway uh, and it, it kind of dawned on me a little bit of a reminder of what an absolute coaching heavyweight the SEC has added in Brian Kelly. Uh, nothing against Ed Orgeron, who did win a national championship at LSU, but to add another coach of his pedigree to this conference is, it's pretty sobering if you're another team in this league outside of maybe Alabama and Georgia. I mean, if you just look at, at Brian Kelly's track record, the guy has won everywhere he's been. Uh, he's never been at a place within a conference that's had the resources that LSU has. Uh, obviously, great resources at Notre Dame, but, but not, not enough, or he'd still be there. Uh, and, and you can make all the comments you want about Notre Dame and their schedule. Anytime they're brought up, the Notre Dame haters are going to say, yeah, they play the service academies every year and a bunch of teams from the Mid-American Conference, but that's, that's not true at all. I mean, the last three years alone, here are the teams – some of the teams that Brian Kelly has beat. 
Florida State twice, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech twice, South, Southern Cal twice, North Carolina twice, Stanford twice, Pitt, Clemson, Iowa State, uh, and then a bunch of other teams that Notre Dame should beat every year. Uh, and he's only lost to these teams, Cincinnati, <laughs> a Cincinnati team last year that uh, made the, the playoff, Michigan, Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama in, 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 uh, in the ACC championship game and in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So he is one of the elite coaches in, in, in the country. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that. And now he is in the greatest, most competitive uh, division in football in the, in the SEC West. You talk about Alabama and the good things they're doing in Arkansas and Ole Miss and Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. So uh, it, it, until I really saw him up at the podium and then and passed him in the hallway today, it, it, it just dawned on me. I'm like, gosh, man, this league is something else when you add somebody like a Brian Kelly. Uh, Lane Kiffin was also here today with Ole Miss. Um, I, I did sit in on, on Lane Kiffin's uh, – uh, his, his, his speech, his Q and a at the, at the big podium. Uh, I, th I thought the most interesting thing he said was something that he's said a few times now over the last year, last six months is just pretty candid takedown of the NIL rules, the lack of rules, the lack of uniform rules. And when it comes to name, image, and likeness, and, uh, he just tells it like it is. I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat it very much. And, uh, you know, somebody asked him, you know, how, how can you compete in how do schools, how are they supposed to compete in the age of NIL? <laughs> and he just flat out said it. You just really, you need really good boosters. That's how you do it well. Um, he said, it's like a payroll in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time? Teams that have high payrolls and can play pairs, players a lot. We're in a situation not any different than that. I'm sure other people have said it. I said it day one, you've legalized cheating. So get ready for the people that have the most money to get players. Now you have it. It is what it is. Uh, I don't think you'll find many coaches in this league who will disagree with that statement. I, but I also don't think many will say it as candidly and as just sort of uh, in plain spoken terms like Lane Kiffin did today. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how the rest of the coaches in the conference approach that topic the rest of the week because you know it'll come up and then last today up on the dais uh was eli drinkwitz from missouri of course got to spend some time with him and his players up in their suite which is something they do uh for the local media that, that make the trip and uh learn a lot more in, in that setting than when he's up uh on stage in front of more of the national media and wrote a lot about that uh, that interview at stltoday.com. You can read it. Those stories are already posted. I, I thought my, my primary takeaway from Eli today, Monday, was he wasn't the same cat that he was a year ago at Hoover at the SEC Media Days, where it seemed like he was trying to deliver a punchline and throw out a zinger with everything he said. Um, he whether intentional or not, he sort of became the guy that went viral on Twitter with every little comment that he made, whether he was 
you know, kind of subtly, subtly throwing a jab at another coach or another program or, you know, whatever the topic of the day was. Uh, he was playful. He was colorful. And, uh, you know, he kind of just took over for the few hours that he was in the spotlight. And that's great. We all love that in the media. Um, it's fun. It, it's it, great for, for quotes and great for filling out your story. Um, but in, since that last media days, you know, Missouri went six and seven, um, you know, the program hasn't exactly taken off on the field and much more of a business approach. I perceive this time around. I mean, he still was, you know, he, he still was himself. He was funny. Uh, talked to him off to the side a little bit and nothing changes there. But I just sensed a little bit more of a serious tone. Uh, there were times where I think he could have jabbed somebody, either another coach or another program or somebody in the media, and he, he resisted and instead, you know, was here to talk about his team, um, his program, and also the sport at large and a lot of the topics that have kind of commanded the spotlight here you know, over the last year. So a little bit different, different Eli Drinkwitz. I even asked, and I mentioned this in my story, I asked Martez Manuel, uh, senior safety, and like, was that intentional on his part? Did you notice? And he said, yeah, you know, I, we, we, we talked before, uh, you know, they got here that he was going to dial it back a little bit and just kind of let, uh, let Mizzou do its talking on the field with the way it plays this year. And, you know, maybe he got a sense that, this team got a little bit um, ahead of itself last year, led by his own comments uh, and, and just kind of the demeanor, the approach that he took to media days and, and maybe everything that goes along with that. Um, and then when you go out and, you know, only go six and six in the regular season and lose a bowl game, uh, you know, maybe it's time to focus less on uh, what you say in the media and a, and a little bit, a little bit more, put that attention somewhere else. And uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, I don't know if that will lead to anything on the field this year, but it did seem very um, intentional on Monday at media days. And maybe it didn't create as many headlines outside of the Mizzou writers that were here to cover his appearance. Um, but I, I did detect just a, a different approach. Uh, now he really does like his team. He said, this is the most talented of the three Missouri teams that he's had. Uh, he thinks that they have addressed pretty much every position group uh, coming off of last year. Uh, they've added transfers just about every spot, uh, but hanging over everything is the uncertainty at, at the most important position on the field and that's quarterback, obviously. So no matter what you do at linebacker, no matter what you do in the secondary, wide receiver, offensive line, uh, I, I think the the expectations are going to be measured as long as there's uncertainty at the most important position. And I asked him that if, I, if that was a fair assessment that we are all taking on the outside, sort of a, uh, you know, wait and see approach with this team. And he acknowledged that. I mean, he knows how it works. Uh, a team like South Carolina is going to get a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt going into the season because they went out and got Spencer Rattler out of the transfer portal. A, a guy who's put up big numbers, who 
ultimately it was probably a disappointment at Oklahoma, but he, he was a, he's a big name and he was a the Heisman favorite going into last season and all of that. And that sort of gives that program a little bit more legitimacy going into uh, Shane Beamer's second season. Whereas Missouri obviously had question marks at quarterback after Connor Bazelak transferred and then they missed out on all the power five transfers they tried to get uh, over the offseason. Instead, they go with Jack Abraham as a walk-on, uh, a veteran guy that very well could win the job, but he's, he's not going to create the buzz that, that maybe some of the other transfers would have. Um, so I think it's natural just to not really put a lot of expectations on this Missouri team when so much of those expectations are hinged you know, they, they really come down to me hinge on that one position. It's probably an unfair way to do it, but as important as that position is in, in the sport, um, you know, it's, it's hard to expect a lot from a team when you don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, but otherwise, I, you know, I, he really does like this team. Players were really high on their respective position groups, as you would expect. Uh, I think this D-line has a chance to be maybe better than, than the average uh, observer realizes uh, lots of talk about um, the, the hoppers, especially the linebacker uh, and uh, that they got from Florida. Big hop and little hop is, is what we learned today is how they refer to them. The two cousins from uh, North Carolina and Florida respectively. So uh, it, they've upgraded that position wide receivers. We know all about with the addition of Luther Burden and then got guys like Barrett Bannister and Toski Dove who are veterans. So I, I do think this is a pretty interesting team this year um, as long as they figure out that quarterback position, whether it's going to be Brady Cook or it's going to be Jack Abraham. Maybe Tyler Macon gets a shot. Uh, Sam Horn was not taken in the second day of the MLB draft, which means he's still available in rounds 11 through 20 on Tuesday. Um, but Eli Drinkwitz sounded pretty confident on Monday that as long as Horn wasn't taken on uh, Monday's portion of the draft that he would be a Missouri Tiger this fall. And that's kind of the indication I've gotten all along, but you never know with the draft. You never know what kind of money is going to be offered out there uh, for him for a professional baseball contract. But it does appear that he will be uh, part of the quarterback group this year. I don't know if he's got a great shot as a true freshman, but um, he will at least be part of the depth. It, it does appear. So that was Monday. Um, that was the biggest day for Mizzou fans and Mizzou media, obviously, because uh, they're done now and, and back in Columbia. Uh, but the schedule continues with SEC media days on Tuesday. Tuesday is a pretty big day because uh, Alabama will be here. Uh, you may have heard of Nick Saban, pretty good coach. He's got arguably the two best players, not just in the SEC, but in college football are going to be here on Tuesday. Will Anderson, the great edge rusher, um, Heisman candidate last year, Heisman finalist, I should say, maybe the number one pick in the draft next year. And then, of course, Bryce Young, who did win the Heisman, a uh, great prolific quarterback from Alabama. So they'll be here on Tuesday, along with uh, Vanderbilt, uh, along with Mike Leach in Mississippi State, and the aforementioned Shane Beamer in South Carolina. So uh, I think Alabama is obviously the headliner every year at SEC Media Days, any day that they appear, but they definitely are with that cast here on uh, on Tuesday. And then we've got the other half of the SEC on Wednesday and Thursday. So I will be here all week to write about it. Uh, we'll talk about it each day or the first three days on podcast. 
and uh, we'll have a whole lot more to discuss when we get back next week and then we can uh, you know, start to focus on preseason camp right around the corner. So that'll be it for today. Uh, as always, feel free to leave a comment uh, on, on the podcast. Keep, uh, keep subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, come back tomorrow, come back Tuesday. We will do it again after the second day of SEC Media Days. So for now, we will see you next time.